Thank you for joining us for live paranormal radio. From the paranormal to the unexplained, it all happens here. It all happens here. Looking to enhance your radio experience? Participate in our live video chat 24-7 with our live paranormal radio show hosts and other like-minded people. Live. Paranormal.com, the only interactive social chat room supported by Full Interaction Media. Stop by now and join the fun. Stop by now and join the fun. It's Raising the Vibration on the Live Paranormal Radio Network and iHeartRadio.com. You can also find us at Google Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Podomatic, Blog Talk Radio, Player FM, iVox, and the list goes on and on. I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium. I'm an interfaith minister. I'm a 28-year talk radio host. I'm a creative and performing artist, and I come to you from my home in Southern California uh, every week. Um, this show is the outreach of a movement of peace, love, kindness, and unity that I founded in 2016 to carry on my mom's teachings after her passing. My mom always believed that the world needed more peace, more love, more kindness, more unity. And that if we just implemented a little bit of those things, we could make a difference in the world. With this show, I've also added the words ascend and evolve and inspire because I really believe that we're all participating in our own ascension and that that is part of our evolvement, not just as individuals, but as a species, and that then we should use both that ascension and that involvement to inspire others. I, I love the quote, you know, when you're doing well, send the elevator down and bring up 100 people. I think that should be what always our life is about. So so every week on the show, I gather members of my tribe from my spiritual life, from my entertainment life, from my nonprofit give back life, and we talk about um, what are we doing to make the world a better place, right? What's your passion? What's your service? What are you bringing to the world? And how is that making a difference in touching the life of one person or the entire world? So today I have a very dear friend on the show who hasn't been on my show in a while, uh, just because life gets busy and we all get busy, right? Um, they're uh, really a pioneering person in the intersex community of which I am also a part, an author, an activist, and a writer written for so many different publications, uh, also a big part of the intersex campaign for equality, and now a, uh, a best-selling author. The book is called Born Both, and it's wonderful, and I'm so glad to have them here. Uh, please welcome to the show. Um, here, I think, for the very first time since I started these shows, on iHeart. Uh, the wonderful Hita Valoria is here. How are you, my friend? It's wonderful to have you here and uh, great to hear Tina. your voice after so many quarantine years. Welcome. I know. Thank you. And what a beautiful show to be on. I am so excited about this new show. I don't remember I, the name of the last one I was on back. I think before I you had done my much, daily but... show at the time, which was the Sheena Metal Experience. Um, which right. now lives in a video format, and I'll have to have you on there as well. It's now a web TV talk <laughs> show. COVID shifted oh, wow. everything cool. to the web. But um, you I, I are doing so, so much. For you. I do so much, Thank right? You. I, I agree. I know that I for you, because we're friends and we've talked a lot outside of the work that we do, 
um, for the intersex community that, um, you know, spirituality fuels a lot of what you do. And also for you, it's also really important that you, um, you're making the world a better place, right? I mean, I think that's what advocacy and activism is supposed to be about, but not everybody walks their talk as well as you do. So I appreciate you being oh, here. Well, I think the show Christina. is so perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, I think it's so important now more than ever that this show exists, right? Because we've gone, um, you know, in the mainstream and, and a lot of mainstream sources, division is right where it's at. <laughs> There's so much yep. of that. It's just almost become an, an American obsession, right? To be like, are you on this right. side or that side? <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's yeah. not you know how I approach yeah. the world, and it's not how you approach the world either. No. Not at all. And I and I don't. I believe that if you claim that you're a person who is progressive, then part of that progressiveness is you got to walk that talk and realize that people have a right to exist on the earth, even if you don't agree with what they're saying, because right. the us and them <laughs> thing. We've got to get over that. So my mom passed in exactly. 2016. So oh, Couldn't so do anything sorry. after she passed. Took me six months. And I just thank you. And I decided to put a memorial together for her on her birthday, which was November 9th. Well, we all know what happened on November 9th, 2016. There's a little presidential election. And I literally had her, her memorial was four days later. And I literally had people calling me saying, I'm not going to go if there are Republicans there. I'm not going to go if there are Democrats there. And I'm like, you got to be uh-huh. kidding me. This is uh, somebody died. But I think that, yeah. that we've almost become obsessed with our division, and even within our blessed queer community, right? This one doesn't oh, like yeah. that one, and that one doesn't like this one, and nobody understands who the fuck we are. So I think that kind of helps us yeah. get off a little easier <laughs> in some ways. If I had a dime for anybody who asked me what intersex was, I'm like, do you not have Google? I know. Do you? I know. Well, it's it's strange though, right? And then it's it's interesting though, as so much is out there um, in the press about, you know, people being erased, and yeah, there are efforts to suppress people going on heavily, right? But I think when you're intersex, it's interesting you. You look at it from a different direction, which is like, well, yes, but that is literally how it's always been throughout our life. So one can exist, right, and one can love oneself and thrive and also be loving, even if we're not, you know, accepted within the mainstream. And I think that's something important right now to remember, right? Absolutely. And if people feel like they're being erased, I sort of feel heated like we're being unerased. <laughs> we're starting to become a little visible as other people feel like they're being erased. Kind of like that, you know, when you spill water on something and the secret message comes out, it's kind of like right. the intersect community. We're <laughs> floating perfect. to the top. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> exactly how it is with us. The secret message came out, and actually, but it makes us collateral damage, right, in the in the bills. I don't know if you saw Montana's bill. I found it so fascinating to read it because, you know, as and if people don't know, right, intersex people, we're not typically male or female. We're often a blend of both. Right. Um, not necessarily, but right, in some ways, uh, very much like that. Like, I would say that's, 
you know, kind of in my case. But um, in this bill, I read it, and the language says that the sexes are determined um, by the biological indication of male or female. Okay, that makes sense, including sex chromosomes, gonads, and non-ambiguous internal and external genitalia present at birth. So I'm like, well, you can put it that way, but there will be people and there are people like yours truly, for example, who don't have non-ambiguous genitalia. (laughs) Honestly, I kind of have to laugh about it because I'm... I I always kind of think historically, and I think maybe a lot of people who are spiritual do, right? Because we know that that there's cycles, right? There's cycles of energy, there's cycles of of awareness and transformation, and it's easy to forget that, right? Like it's easy to forget that, that there were societies like Crete that had no war, and we're very peaceful, right? And we, we've just gone as a human species in cycles back and forth from peaceful right. to more warlike, right? And and so when I think about that, I just kind of laugh like, okay, well, they're going here now, right? Like this is where it's going. It's been there in the past, right? right. People have suffered tremendously all through the course. and And now, you know, instead of embracing the scientific reality that some of us exist, they're trying to enforce it legally. That's the difference. It's always really been enforced this way in medicine, right, to make us one or the other, or at least define us as one or the other. You know, now they're trying to make it legal, put it in the language of the law, and I just think it's surprisingly or unsurprisingly um, small-minded, right? But it's it also reminded me, and this will take some viewers back, remember the whole Teletubbies scandal when I forget oh, which God. politician, Republican politician was in an uproar that the purple Teletubby was gay? <laughs> Do you remember that? Right, because he had a purse. Right, yeah. because he had a purse. <laughs> pearls or something. Yeah. But now, yeah, like but a now little every bag. rich man in America wears a man bag. So basically all the rich men now have purses. Yes, exactly. It kind of they liked it, you know. They ended up looking at the Teletubby and thought, "Hey," <laughs> but I just laugh like these things. Have... <laughs> right, it, it burst through it. Fashion designers loved it. Um, it's like, yeah, we go in these. We kind of always do this, right? So I think it's like your yeah. mission says. It's like maintaining a loving and you know, aspirational and, and evolving personally as much as we can throughout it all because I, it's I, really, <laughs> right? And I wonder, you've probably gone through a lot of evolution since your mom passed. I have a lot. Oh, My mom God, passed yeah. in 14. And then That's just right. in these past few years since COVID, don't you feel, I feel like it was a real kind of a... Oh, yeah. The word of fast track, you know, to, to evolve in certain ways. If if you went that way, you know, if you wanted to go that way, I, I we had to well, dig deep. Like you and me that are so in it, to be sit back away from it and just look at it with some distance for a couple of years, that was mm-hmm. kind of fascinating. I stopped mm-hmm. doing and got to stop and think and observe, and it was so good for yeah. me. But it did change. There are a lot of things I don't want to go back to now. 
because I've been away from it. <laughs> really? and I, and, do you, do you and like I, hate I crowds now? Uh, no, I don't hate crowds. I'll do crowds, but I don't um, – I don't feel like I have to say yes to show up to everything I'm asked to do. And right. I, I don't great. feel like I nice? have to put myself in compromising positions I don't want to be in because I'm worried if I don't, then the next thing won't come. Because, you know, especially when you grow mm-hmm. up in the entertainment business, you're, you're sort of weaned as a young actor that you have to say yes to everything, yes to everybody, because if you don't, the phone may never ring again. And Mm -hmm. it really took some time away from it to make me realize, you know what, I don't don't need to put up with certain behaviors from people, and I don't need to be in situations that make me feel uncomfortable. And, um, you know, I came down Mm -hmm. to the beach to fix up my childhood home and for renting it, and I fell in love with being here and decided the cat and I decided to stay. So I'm living, like, kind of removed from everything, you know, um, I still have my place oh, in I town, but I, I'm now living in, you know, in, in a town that hasn't changed much since we moved here 42 years ago. And um, really cool. loving not having to be kind of in the middle of it all the time, unless I choose to drive into it an hour and some and be there, you know. So, it, yeah, I think it, it, I think the whole situation changed me. I think everything that happens, certainly the death of my mother, as you know, is a is a huge thing and that was a huge because i didn't think i would survive her death i thought i would just wither away and go because she went because we were so close Mm -hmm. but i realized that that there was so much work here for me to do and now i'm doing that work out of her home right i do my videos and my radio show is sitting at her desk i mean it's really kind of amazing that energy is is so much here and it makes me so proud because she was so awesome, right? She was such an advocate for everything I was, including being intersex, but being an artist, being a spiritual being, being, uh, you know, a, a queer person. Like, she just was behind all of it. So to be here doing the work in her energetic space um, and to kind of be carrying on her teachings is is just amazing. And, and so from, from a spiritual perspective, what you were talking about earlier I mean, I really think that the universe is a balance of light and dark, right? I mean, scientifically, we know mm-hmm. the universe is a balance of positivity and negativity. And sometimes mm-hmm. when something gets too positive, something negative comes in to balance it out. And I think we've seen that throughout the history of man, like you said, um, in in civilizations, that you have a civilization that is very loving and very accepting of everyone, and then something comes along and everyone's being oppressed. And I think you can see in this yep. country, even <laughs> just if we're talking about, like, the 20th and 21st century, right, how it's gone back yep. and forth and back and forth. And, you know, the Roaring Twenties mm-hmm. went into Prohibition, and then the Depression went right. into World War II. And so I think yep. that this is just a time where, as the country and the world overall are becoming more accepting of giving people their rights and their equality, there has to be that group of negative people, that darkness that just pushes against it. And at this point, I think it's kind of silly. (laughs) Right. I mean, the Montana bill, first of all, there's like three and a half people in Montana, but I mean, (laughs) I think they have like one one electoral vote, right? Literally they have one electoral vote. Yeah. I I just don't, I don't, 
it just seems like, you know what, it's kind of like this. When I was in 1986, I went to my first Pride. It was L.A. Pride. And there was this whole massive group of skinheads passing out these horrible flyers that said, AIDS is finishing what the Nazis started. And I was oh so sickened and revolted <laughs> and horrified by that. Well, cut to yeah. 10 years ago, I was in the parade for Long Beach Pride for a, a breast cancer fundraiser. And I'm on my little car and I'm riding down the road and there's like three little angry fundamentalists holding up their signs. And there was no right. significance. Like all the fear that we used to have that they would show up to events and they would be violent and horrible. It's now just like mm. two or three people holding up their, you know, strange little biblical quotes, and they're just not scary anymore. And that's kind of how right. I feel now about this oppressive alt-right politics. It, it, it just seems like it's just the last-ditch effort to try to blow everything up because the world is yes. just it's, – it's ascending, and they can't stop it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking the other day, because every kind of ism, you know, is getting like pulled out of the woodwork too, right? Anti-Semitism's on the rise, which, you know, that's yeah. been a while, right? Like, in, and maybe that's also in part just from being from New York, right? But even in New York, there's anti-Semitic stuff going on, you know what I mean? And it's in the press, which it never was growing up. And then it's like, let's get anti-Asian violence in there too, you know? There's <laughs> just... Right. I feel like they're really trying to hold on to, and of course, sex is, you know, they're trying to hold on to, trying to re revamp every form of discrimination in a sense, and you know, Absolutely. separate people that way. Which, and it's, it's an old story, right? Like I said about the Teletubby, like that's politics sort of tends to do this focus on, you know, some emotion, some issues that drive people emotionally. And really push those buttons, right, to to get people to vote a certain way. And really what we should all be just joining together on is, is saving the planet too, right? Yeah. But it's really hard to do that when everyone's pissed at each other in different ways and, you know, squabbling yeah, over. exactly. Like, it distracts us, right, from the real message. All the hatred and the bigotry and the discrimination, it just distracts us from the real message, which is um, we got to fix this planet so it stays nice for us to live in. And and we have to learn to love each other before we destroy each other. And all these yeah. little, like, you know, minutia things along the way, like, you know, are we going to talk about the fact that, you know, everything in the ocean is dying, or are we going to pitch a fit because the new little mermaid is black? You know Right, from the mm -hmm. important stuff. And, and you're right, it all comes back to the Teletubby. It's all that over and over again. And it's, <laughs> there's so many people that are so right. full of fear. And there's such a, you know, we've, we've wrapped so much in modern society around gender that the idea that you would declare you were a different gender or it would turn out like us, guess what, you're just no gender at all, um, is horrifying because everything so much comes down to gender. And I think that even more than we're a racist society or we're a homophobic society, we are a horribly sexist society. And so yes, then you have this group I agree. of people who are like, well, we don't really care about being one or the other. Let's just all love each other. Well, that's horrifying on like 97 levels. 
And I think yes. that, that is something that's coming for the intersex community. But right now we're still sort of that secret message in the watermark that's barely visible. So we haven't really been hit with that as hard as in, in, in everyday America as as we will be. I have a friend who calls it the um, – he's a ufologist, so he deals with the – UFO community, he calls it like the uh, average bar, average person at a bar in Cleveland or something. When it gets to that point uh-huh. where it's something that everybody in the country is thinking about. Because I would imagine if you polled uh, 100 Americans in any given area, probably 90 of them wouldn't even know what intersex was, unless you were like in L.A. or San Francisco or New York, Chicago. It's you interesting, know? right? So that's, it's, a, that's a cool poll. That gives me a grant idea. <laughs> You know, it would be kind of right? interesting to know really um, just how few people even know we exist. But that's, you know, and then these laws yeah. are seeking to keep it that way, right? Because there is, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head, I always feel that, you know, sexism is basically this overarching thing that drives homophobia, transphobia, and interphobia, right? Because it's like sexism, men and women should be it's a certain way. Homophobia, you're not being the right way for a man. You're not being the right, right way for a woman, right? Like, it's all driven on that, right, the the expectations around what male and female are and whether you're living up to that or whether you're you're breaking all expectations, right? And so we basically debunk that at the very heart of the issue. And that's why I think on a subconscious level, I don't even know – They've been aware because it's it's coming from so many different areas in society, right? The the kind of systematic like hiding of our existence. But I think on some deep level, people know that if the if the absoluteness of male or female is questioned, then that's going to really mess with this whole sexist model. That's going, you know, and I think that drives. That really drives people from not wanting to just kind of include us, even when they know we exist. That's the part that's much more kind of maddening for me is that many, many, many people that know we exist still exclude us constantly from conversations, sometimes even conversations about our own work. You know, I was involved in the ex-passport marker, right? And it was shocking to see were not so shocking, but in, in one way it was shocking because these were allies, you know, ally orgs that were talking about the X marker and only talking about how significant it was for non-binary and trans people when it was actually pioneered by my good friend and colleague, Dana Zim, who's intersex, right? And, and pioneered because, you know, they've always felt like we've got to start doing something policy-wise to just make it acknowledge that we exist, right? Because if if we're not really acknowledged to exist, if you're not written into the law, you're written out of it, is the expression, right, that they always say in this kind of a legal expression, and it's true. So that's why they wanted to fight for the X marker instead of an MRF. And so you have these organizations, and I won't name names, but they're some of the top human rights organizations talking about this win and leaving out the intersex community, right? So so what is that about? That's really curious, right? It's, you know, it's, well, yeah. it's, it's our well, own work. Just, I mean, I think even within the queer community, right? Because and I've had this explained yeah. to me by angry queer people 
that, um, you know, uh, I'm a woman and I fought for my right to be with a woman and now you're screwing that up. It's like, well, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not stopping you from being a woman and I'm not stopping you from sleeping with a woman. So what did I do? I'm just, I'm just alive. <laughs> you know, I didn't ask. I didn't have to be I had an experience. Funky. I had an experience exactly like that. Someone asked me, like a new friend. So I'm in Santa Fe, so I'm way out in the, you know, speaking of not a lot of people, um, and and you know <laughs> that experience, and and I'm digging it. Um, but uh, I had someone that I'd met here who who seemed cool. <laughs> asked me to, you know, go hang out, and I'm like, awesome, cool. She's gay, and she's annoyed at an experience that that went on with the trans person, which, you know, she, she had a reason to be annoyed. So there's two, there's really two sides to that whole issue, right? The feminist versus trans people, you know, I think there's two sides and it saddens me that they can't really listen to each other, that it's been so hard to have the conversation. And even for me, I've wanted to write about it, but I'm like, I'm not going there yet because people are not yeah. able to really listen to one another. Right. Yeah. So even though I'm acknowledging that the experience she went through was difficult as a woman, um, it shouldn't have happened, etc. Um, she's kind of on a rant, you know, an anti-trans rant. And she's like, and I don't even know what they think. And anyway, there's only male and female anyway. There's only men or women. And I just <laughs> because she knows yeah. she went to my book reading. When I my when I my book launched, right? It's been a while. It was 2017. She she went, so she knows very well. And I was like, you know, I'm intersex, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it just and she and I'm like, and so there's not just male and female, right? And she's like, oh, okay. I just think so many people though on both sides, you know, are are doing that thing like they can't. And so this is why I just try to be in a different space. Like, let's all listen to each yeah. other because there's, yeah. you know, and, and I actually, someone challenged me on Twitter to a conversation and it's this person who's very big on, there are only two sexes and, you know, I'm a gender yeah. studies major and he's like a straight white guy. <laughs> like, why? Right. It's so <laughs> typical that you feel like you're the expert on gender. <laughs> but in any case, he challenges me during this kind of little debate that's going on, you know, and I had said something like, well, I'm willing to have a conversation. I love, you know, interesting, complex conversations. I do as a Gemini, like I'm a quintuple Gemini. I love that. But I'm not into people just insulting me here who don't right. even know me for daring to, you know, to, to acknowledge that I'm intersex. And and that I, you know, like, yes, exactly. yeah. And, and, and he comes out and he's like, well, if you're ever interested in having a very um, polite, respectful conversation, you know, hit me up in, in my DM or whatever, blah, blah. And I did. And, of course, he never responded. Right? So right, it, it was just for show. He, you know, he doesn't want to really hear my side. Right? right and and that's what's, you know, it's such a and, and I. Right? Yes, I think people too, like right now it's an interesting time period because I think a lot of people are aware that you, this has always been the case to a degree, but I think it's easier now. Like if you have a certain controversial opinion, 
there are people that will mm. back you immediately, right? So he's getting a lot of love right. from, like, conservative groups, right? And kind of getting bigger, his career is amping up much more than it would have 10 years ago, where he'd just be, like, random Joe Schmo, you know, gender studies, yeah. like, okay, whatever, you know? But, but now he's, like, getting attention here and there, and, you know, and, and it's because of that. So I think people also just being, you know, self-interested many, right, and greedy many, also just want to kind of, like, get their position and, and fight for their ma- position and maintain sure. it because they'll I get a lot of... across the board with everything political or sociological. Everybody wants to jump on a bandwagon for something. But I also believe some yeah. people are generally <laughs> yeah. just ignorant and tweaked. And I kind of feel like my mom, when, you know, when she finally started admitting to her own psychic gifts and started studying in the New Age community, she thought she'd sort of found this respite from Christianity. And then, because, you know, I grew up here in Orange County where I'm now, it's still very conservative. It was hella conservative in the 80s. And my parents were New Yorkers. They were kind of like, um, where did we move? So um, when she got into the New Age community and realized there was just as much hypocrisy there, it was so disheartening to her. And I think that's how I felt in the queer community. But I'm like, wait a minute. You all fought for your own rights, but you literally only fought for your own rights. And now yes. you don't want anyone else's <laughs> rights. So I had a, a yes. guest on my show many years ago, a few years ago. And I always start out by saying that I know she really cares for me and likes me as a person and completely digs me. Because anything I ask her to do, she always says yes. But we're sitting on the show, and all of a sudden she starts talking about how she would never date a trans woman, which was weird because no one brought that up. And lesbians yeah. saying they would never date a trans woman, it's beginning to be like straight guys and the don't drop the soap thing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like no trans woman asked to date you. Why are you bringing it up? Just all of a sudden out of the blue. And then it's this whole thing about I don't want to be with a dude. It's still a dude. I don't care if they had surgery. It's still a dude. So then I politely bring up once again to remind her that I am also gender different and I'm intersex. And then in the course of the next couple of minutes, she's ranting about trans people. And I don't even know if she realized she did it, but she pointed at me (laughs) and said, and whatever kind of freak show you are. And I thought, oh, "Oh my God, you you're like a gay advocate for a lesbian and, and, and a pillar in the lesbian community. Do you realize you just called me a freak show? And I stopped wow. her and said, I don't know what that's about, but I don't think that's like a really appropriate term to use. And she didn't back down. She was like, well, I don't understand what you are, and I'm not supposed to have to get it. And I'm thinking, wow, because there's nothing worse than an oppressed person who's also bigoted. So all that time when I was, right? There's so (laughs) many. And all that time when I was bisexual, didn't know yet that I was intersex and, and was in relationships with guys and still marched at every pride and fought for every gay person I knew. Uh, I didn't have a dog in the game at that point. I could have very easily not even told anybody I was bisexual. For, for these people right. to now turn around and be, well, whatever kind of freak show you are, I'm like, are you kidding me? I fought for your rights in the 80s. I know. I have felt that, that way at times, too, Sheena. And I have kind of reminded people, like, yeah, when I was at the first gay and lesbian nonprofit in the country, probably the world, in 1989, after I left home because I wasn't accepted as a lesbian, right? I had that 
nothing, no support at all. And you know what I like to say about that too, slight pivot, but I want to remind anyone, especially if there's younger viewers feeling really, you know, scared or or just bad about, you know, the, the heightened discrimination that we can survive. Like every older gay, lesbian, or bisexual person, right, like my age and up, we, it, from society at large, had no support. Like maybe, you know, some of us were lucky to have parents who were supportive, but I would hazard to say at least 50% of us did not, probably yeah. more like 75% of us, and yeah. and a, particularly people of color, like probably 95%, you know, and, you know, and yeah. immigrants and stuff that not want their kids to be gay. <laughs> like my immigrant family, right? It's like, we've got enough problems. You're going to be gay? That's not why we moved here for the American dream, you know? <laughs> and, um, right? Like, we, we just struggle for up you to be gay. You, exactly. Knowing that we had no support from society in any way, like, couldn't even talk about who we were, you know, and yet we survive and thrive. So I really want to remind young people of that, right? When, because then society, right, being again so like extremist and divided, likes to focus on, oh, well, you know, the suicide statistics and everyone will kill themselves. And it's like, no, everyone will not necessarily kill themselves. Like, don't go there either, right? You know, right. I think that's that's an important <laughs> that's an important thing. And I right. told you know I have certain young people in my life, like kids of friends of mine that are non-binary now, and we're kind of freaking out about being um, their pronouns being forgotten sometimes, and da 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 da. And I just had to remind them of like you know I couldn't remember my friend's new name for months after my friend suddenly changed her name, you know, like a childhood friend, right. a close friend that I'd known. She saw, and I would mess it up. You know, I'd say, and she hated it. And I wasn't trying to mess with her. I, you know, it's just, so there's like, there's just a balance, you know. And I said, and you don't have to be so freaked out if somebody doesn't realize you're a they, because they's don't necessarily look any certain way. Right. You know, so and if you're non-binary and you go by they, them, how are people supposed right. to know that? For mo- you know, right. so don't and take it so personally. And I, I'm like, a pronoun doesn't define me, right? One little word does not define me. I know who I am. I don't not really need, right? Like, it's, it's just another perspective, right? I'm trying to kind of share sometimes my work, like empowering perspectives because... I love that. Right? Thank you. It's it's easy to feel the victim with all of these things going on and to kind of get upset. And I love the idea, you know, I have a, one of my good friends found out three years ago on 23andMe that his biological father was not his biological father. And he met his biological, he took his sister, his biological sister contacted him on, on 23andMe and he's gone to him developing this entire relationship with his biological family and his biological father. So he changed his last name. And I have a really hard time because in my brain, the old name is still imprinted. Exactly. And oftentimes I will screw up and say his old last name and then have to correct and save a new one. But I'm not doing it to be disrespectful or because I don't believe in what he did. I just, you get used to something a certain way and it's hard sometimes 
to think of it another way. And I think especially for parents. Because parents, you yes. know, every little thing. About <laughs> They've really gotten used to it, right? Yeah, they're yeah, used to they're thinking used to... of, you know, their daughter or their son, you know. Like, that's basically it. It all boils down to that, you know. So it's it's a, a process. And a lot of, you know, what's yeah. interesting for me is because I have been openly non-binary, and just to give the viewers a little background, like, you know, kind of like you, I think, like, first knew I was queer, um, knew that, and then I, you know, identified as a lesbian because I'd been assigned and raised a girl and felt like a girl and, you know, so felt like a lesbian, right. knew I liked girls. Um, and then as I realized that my body's different and like, oh, wow, that has a name, it's intersex, I use queer more, right, because it's like, okay, I'm not a typical girl, but I'm still, I'm not straight in the in the way that that's expected either. So I'm queer, but I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I was giving background and then I lost my train of thought. Well, the transition about, of how you changed went to them. Oh, we were talking about pronouns. No, um, oh, it'll, it'll come back to me. But, yeah, I just think that we it, – it's about loving both ourselves, first mm-hmm. ourselves, really, really learning how to love ourselves so that we can turn it around. Because I think what happens is there is so much shaming, right, on, on both sides about either one. Either you're, you know, a, a grooming, pedophilic, uh, child-abusing trans supporter, right, from, from the right, or you're like an evil, you know, transphobic, whatever, turf, blah, blah. And I think that if you're wounded inside, if you're feeling scared or angry or just not that powerful or, you know, not that happy, it's so easy to try to blame someone, right, for your unhappiness. It's so easy to to just go into to stay in the negative space and it's all you're spewing out, right? Like that's that's kind of how it works. I watch some people you know, after COVID and that time period, right, it was so interesting because it was COVID and then also right away the big BLM protests, right, very soon afterwards. Right. And it just brought out right. so much in people, right? You just saw people kind of imploding over, you know, wanting to prove that they're, they're anti-racist in ways that, like, kind of make them seem racist or, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Or, right, or just or just being really racist, like, oh, those protesters and blah, blah, blah. Like, you just saw all these different sides coming out. And then some people are losing their jobs or having to pivot or being at home with their kids and, and not used to that. And I saw people saying the craziest stuff online and I was just like wow it's really not a time that they later have recanted right stuff like I don't know so when I posted a study about vitamin C being shown and it was from Harvard and uh, a big top medical school in, in China as well it was a dual study it was about mega doses of vitamin C being helpful right for COVID in, in preventing or at least lessening and, you know, I was concerned about people. I have um, quite a few friends with different immunocompromised issues, right, in their health. And so I posted this as a means to, you know, help people, right, have access to something simple they might do. And this was, like, in the beginning phases, right? Um, and someone I know 
knows? That's bullshit. <laughs> Doctor, about the vitamin C thing. And then I wrote right. them privately and was like, you realize this is a study from here. And they're a doctor, but they're very liberal, right? So they like immediately kind of jump. And then they later realize, yes, of course, that's useful. And, of course, anything that is building your immune system. So, like, again, why can't we have a conversation? Like, right? But, right. but immediately right. these lines were sort of drawn. Like, if you have a holistic view at all that, like, you can help your health in natural ways, you're a Republican. Like, <laughs> I, I right. me, as someone yeah. who is very into health, is, I was just shocked. Like, how does yeah, that I mean know. that some <laughs> But that's that, that's that radicalism from both sides, right? I remember a very mm-hmm. angry lesbian right about the time we elected Barack Obama that I was secretly a Republican because I drove a sedan. Um, you know, <laughs> if, if, you, if, if you were a real Democrat, you'd get a hybrid or you'd get this, you'd get that. And a couple of years later, she brought a, she brought a gigantic minivan. Now, I'm willing to bet my carbon footprint's a lot lower than her minivan, but then she was like, well, it's okay because I had children. I needed that van. Well, who asked you to have so many damn children? There's, you know, right. Exactly. You and and for that matter, why didn't you adopt? If you're such a wonderful person, exactly. why didn't you adopt one of the many children in need? Like, very few talk about that. Right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. I had their own children, fertility drugs, and have like four of them, um, and then needed to get that right. big, giant mini and then it was um, they were going uh, to. Then it was she was going to buy property in the Pacific Northwest somewhere that was covered with trees, and then cut down all the trees and sell the wood to make money. And the thing was, but I, but I, because I have children, and I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm just driving a car that gets like 35 miles to the gallon, um, and I barely even ever drive because I work at home. So I'm a little right. confused about. Why you can like cut down half of Oregon and sell the wood and drive a car to ten miles to the gallon, exactly. and I'm a Republican. But I so I just Somehow think that there's a yeah a very strange tribalism. Bold. It's tribalism, right? That's the word. But, but it, you know, yeah, it absolutely yeah, and it and it takes away from what I believe in, which is universalism, right? Where we're all kind of mm-hmm. in the universe together. Let's all try mm-hmm. to be kind and gentle. That everyone's going to vote how right. I vote, believe how I like who I like. I don't need to, and, and I don't need to believe in all their stuff. But I, I just refuse to have this hatred of everyone. Um, Ex- me too. Yeah. I, I don't do that. I, no have, I, I didn't unfriend people. I had people on there. No, you I know, didn't. I have one person who's a big supporter of my intersex activism, and I'd never – you know, he'd sent me some messages. I'd never looked at his profile for a while, anyway. And when I finally happened to click, I was like, "Who is this guy, anyway?" He's so supportive. He's holding like guns, some NRA thing. Like he's like way off, you know, in a different world politically than than where I am. But I'm like, that is so cool that he actually, you know, could could listen to the things I'm saying and the message and really digs it. Because it is sort of a message about just, you know, accept yourself, be yourself, be loving, you know, accept everyone, accept others. It's the golden rule, right? So it's... Down here where I'm living in conservative orange County, there's a large majority of the lesbian community that are hardcore Trumpers. 
because apparently wow. politics outweighs your sexuality or your gender. People just, I guess, like being white. So it doesn't matter. That's what I was going to say. They have to be white gender. lesbians, right? Because otherwise, yeah, like I think they would notice that. And they're choosing white above um, their gender or their sexuality. But you know what? That's their business, and it's their right. And isn't it wonderful that we live in a country where anybody can support anybody they want and anybody can vote any way they want? And I'm very proud to be a part of this country and have it no other way. So, um, well, me too, and that's what I hope that we, we can hold on to a little bit. I'm happy to see things like I read a great interview with someone who is uh, formerly lesbian identified and is now trans non-binary. Um, what's her name? Mesha Gessim. getting it wrong. But anyway, she's a New Yorker writer. And the, the headline was something like, what are we talking about when we talk about trans rights? So one thing I was super excited to see in there is, like me, um, they didn't feel that Chappelle's special, I don't know if you saw it, um, was terrible. Like they were, I think the, the interviewer asked them about it. Did you see the, the controversial special that Chappelle did? Yeah. That yes, created yes, yes. like that whole uproar. And, you know, I rewatched it after watching it just to kind of check out if I'd missed anything, glazed over anything. And I noticed there was a joke in there, which is the joke that, she brought up that I was like, oh, wow. So he's actually supporting trans bathroom rights because he joked about yeah. how if they forced, what was it, a trans woman to use the male restroom, right? Like he would prefer to see a trans man in there at the urinal, you know, with him than uh, a woman in there you know, beside him. Sure. He's like, that That would be weird, right? Even if she has a penis, like she should be in the woman's room. And that's actually very trans-supportive because she wants to be in the woman's room, right? So she was like, I heard right. some next-level trans-supportive stuff in there. And so, you know, I think it's important to be nuanced too because there were a lot of, um, you know, anti-women, anti-gay jokes in there, anti-everything. And I thought it was hilarious. So... I'm of the apparently kind of more, I don't know, old-fashioned view that, like, we can laugh at ourselves, too, right? What about that? When we when we kind of laugh, uh, yeah. we can <laughs> laugh at ourselves, like. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, I've I laughed at tons get... of lesbian jokes because they can be kind of true, right? All of them. I have Jewish friends that make these Jewish jokes that would be so offensive if it wasn't them making it right about themselves, or people might be like, but they do because they're la you know, you can laugh about yourself sometimes. So yeah. that's yeah. an interesting you thing that I feel like. Sometimes it helps, like when I mentioned being intersex, especially when I speak at my church. And, you know, I'm pastored at the Founders Church of the biggest gay denomination in the world. Um, and, you know, Ooh. sometimes I say something intersex and I see the faces gloss over. And I always yeah. say, okay, I'll give you a minute. Get out your phones and look it up. And then I always say, and I say this in interviews when people ask me too, I know the first thing you're wondering is, do I have a penis? And the answer is no, but I'd probably get more dates if I did. And then <laughs> everybody laughs. And it's, it's kind of, it fell it out. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I was bit, yeah, I've been thinking of intersex jokes and keeping a small tab. Some of them I think are too edgy, but 
like what involves a brisk and it's not <laughs> really out there. But I hope we get to the point. <laughs> I hope we get to a point where we can, you know, just do that, right? And to clarify, you know, in case someone's thinking, well, but those people are laughing at themselves, right? You, you know, I laugh at jokes made by people who aren't in my community about the community. If it seems like they're just made to be funny, right? And yeah. there's no malice and literally like what's wrong with that? I don't know. And I, I, so I think that would be cool because it's a way of actually fostering understanding. That's sort of what stuff that I'm working on now is, is comedy, a comedy dramedy series. And it's, it's only, you know, in development. So nothing to announce yet official, but, um, I just think it's it's the that's where my focus is going now. Like, let's reach the world through comedy, because I, I think it's more needed than ever. There's so much animosity. Yeah, yeah, and and, and just make people feel like sometimes people get angry when they feel ignorant. So if you help someone to feel like they understand a situation a little bit better, sometimes right. that helps them to. You know, yeah, I do that too. We have a similar approach. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. you know, I did that monologue in, in the fall, and it was sort of like the vagina monologue, but for trans folks, and they sort of threw me into the mix, right? So I, was kind of like, I saw that. I was like, that's cool. How did that go? I meant to find out. It was amazing. It was fantastic. So we all wrote original pieces, and, you know, a lot of the trans folks' pieces were very sad. They've been through a lot of really sad stuff and I said to the producer what do you want me to do and she said I just want you to write about your experience and your voice well growing up Irish I learned that you just keep laughing at things like the Irish survived centuries of cultural oppression by continuing to laugh and dance so I just Mm -hmm. did it in my funny voice because for me the whole journey was odd it was odd and it was very strange but it also was funny to me so I did mm-hmm. word that I, and I think people loved it. And I think when I got up there, people were probably like, who is this? And what is the story? This is not a trans person. But then by the end, they yeah. were like, oh, my God, you're just a trans person. Because we really all. This is an intersex you know, person. And that's awesome. We're all the same. We're all just like each other with a few little tweaks that make us different. But every person is basically just like every other person only a tiny bit different. So we need to think of each yeah. other more as same and and less as different. And um, I I think it takes tremendous bravery to stand up there and tell a story that makes you cry. Um, and I admire every one of them for doing it. I made a whole, ha- a whole dozen new friends and it was like a family and it was wonderful and I think they're going to do great things with it and I'm so proud of my original materials in it. Yeah. Um uh I just did it with I, my own voice. There you and go. And I did my own you know, and that's just how I did it. I did it my own way there with you my go. own voice and and I did my and own thing. And the authenticity um, is always the most powerful, right? I think that that's what people have reached out. Oh, you did you get to finish Born Both? Uh, yes, it's wonderful. You did such a good job with it, but you have such a beautiful way of speaking anyhow. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, what I was really most happy about with it is that the reach of people that gave me feedback was very broad, 
right? I should say the range of people, um, the reach it had and the range of people, um, you know, a lot of, from all across the board, like a lot of regular straight guys too are like, oh, this made me accept parts of myself, you know, and, and that, that's exactly what I wanted, right? Just the story about loving yourself despite being different, despite, you know, people not really understanding who you are, right, about just staying in that place of reaching deeper and deeper to, to, to do what you basically demand others to do, right? And this is what we talk about, about not having the divisiveness, right? That I see it on in, even in my own community activism sometimes. It's like, well, we can't expect others to accept us right, when we're so very angry towards them, right, for, for any little mistake, and then yet we, we expect people to bend over backwards for us, and they don't even know about us as much, right? Yeah. So we can't, we can't do that, right? Like, you know, people that are still making mistakes about racism, but then someone makes a mistake about, you know, trans issues or intersex issues, and it's like, you are horrible, and it's like, well, are you getting harassed by a lot of black people constantly for how horribly, you know, entitled you are as a white person? No. So how about we kind of, you know, go more gently on each other, right? And, and right. That's, I, yeah, I think that's our, our approach. I, I absolutely could not agree more. I mean, I think that that is... And I love that you're coming to that place, and I think it's so important that our voices are heard coming from that place because I think the fighting and the fighting and the fighting for rights is amazing, and you need to do that in the beginning. When you start to get to the point we're at now where rights start to be given, then it's about how are we assimilating now with our new rights into society, all of us from all different walks of life and different groups, so that now we can get to the point where it becomes a non-issue. So when someone says they're intersex or they're trans or they have, you know, a Muslim parent and a Christian parent, everybody's not kind of like, oh, you know what I mean? When we get to the point where it's just right. like, oh, that's cool. Like, thankfully, seeing so much now on in media, right, in television and films, we're seeing all kinds of different walks of life of people and not a lot of shock around it. Like I'm watching the yeah. – uh, the prequel to Greece, right? The Rise of the Pink Ladies, and they're all oh, I didn't even know that was that the... One's Latin and one's Asian, and one's African American, and it's not like oh my god, but it's the fifties. I mean, I'm sure there's some <laughs> people who are, but we're seeing all these right. alternate universes on TV and in films where it's just a non-issue. We're seeing different different people of different ethnicities and different. Uh, sexualities and different genders all mixed in together like it's always been okay. And I think people need yep. to see that, right? To realize I love it's that. okay. And we can I move love on that. Now. I know, and the kids are already there, right? The younger generations, like, because 100%. of sort of, you know, what was happening during our generations, right, more prior to, like, kind of building, paving the way for that, you know, they're they're on it. They don't really care. You know, it's funny. One of the last presentations I gave on intersex issues to a college class, they were like, sort of like, okay, and what's the big deal? Yeah. Like, so I kind of had to explain yeah. that yes, even though you think it's fine, there are many actual legal issues 
and medical abuse issues going on that we're working towards. So please, you know, share when you can, blah, blah. Um, but that was kind of cool, though, just to see that that's sort of the, the place that they were starting from. We're definitely advancing, right? And it's just the, the backlash. I remember there was a book, Backlash, um, right, about backlash on feminism, and now we've got backlash yeah. on, on queer rights, right, on, on rainbow yeah. rights. And just, um, and just like the little plate we all had as babies, when you eat all your food, there's a secret message at the bottom, and it's intersex people are real. Exactly. Yes, we are. Woo, woo. So and we are thriving, and we're all around, and yes. you know, one day that Pretty won't be a big deal. Cold. Right. You're so wonderful. I'm so sorry we're out of time. Let's book another hour and do more of this because you're just totally. magic. Go a and little I love deeper have... maybe. Maybe we'll have like a deep, let's pick a topic. Yes. You too, Sheena. Too. Total mutual admiration yes. here. And um, keep Where on doing what you're doing. You? Thank you, sweetie. They Where can, can find people find you? Find you and find... com or at Hedavaloria on Twitter and Instagram. And it's H-I-D-A-V-I-L-O-R-I-A. <laughs> have a great care. night Let's get you back. and we'll do it again the wonderful heat of Valoria my friend and just a fantastic human on the earth if you miss those links uh, SheenaMetalSpiritual.com that's my website and you can find me everywhere on social media at SheenaMetal and of course Raising the Vibration Radio is the show RaisingTheVibration.org is my nonprofit movement and LifeParanormal.com and iHeartRadio.com are the networks and all of our affiliates. So I see you next time. Seek peace, live in love, lead with kindness, embrace unity, always work to raise your vibration and know that you are loved and you are loved and you are so loved by me. And I'll see you next time. I'm Sheena Metal and this is Raising the Vibration. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.